Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 208. Today, we are revisiting a case that we had briefly touched upon September or October of last year when we were covering the Gabby Petito case. There was a lot of talk about whether or not this case could be connected to Brian Laundry. There has been an update in this case in the last month, so we wanted to take another look at it and fill you guys in on how everything kind of shook out with this one. Today, we're going to be talking about the Moab murders, Kylan Schulte and Crystal Turner. This case is extremely frustrating to me because, as we saw with the Gabby Petito case and the way that they handled the traffic stop between Brian and mm-hmm. Gabby and how they completely just yeah. screwed that one up big time. Yeah, very disappointing. to now look into another case and find out that they almost royally screwed this one up too. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we'll we'll tell you more about that later, but it's I, I don't know what's going on down there in Moab, but mm-hmm. their their police department is is having some issues um, mm-hmm. with investigating and just digging deeper and actually like finding you know mm-hmm. finding the right path forward. And also, you know, the updates that we're going to go yeah. over today are just, are also very frustrating. Yes, there are answers now for their family and for everyone that have wanted to know what happened to these two women for so long, but you know, it's really not the answers that anyone was hoping for because there is a lack of justice here. But we felt it was important to talk about them and their story and the newest update that has come out in the last month. Definitely. Before we get into the case today, we did want to remind you guys that our merch shop is open. It just launched last week. Thank you to everyone who has already yeah, crazy. purchased an item. Yeah, I was like was blown crazy. away at how much... Mm-hmm you guys wanted merch, I guess. Yeah. Yep. So everything's available at milehiremerch.com for all of our shows. Yeah, we're wearing some in our episode today. Yes, we are. You're wearing the... This one's my favorite. Yeah, the the skeleton just chilling is awesome. Yeah, we'll overlay a picture of this one. And then I've got the Mile Higher Colorado mm-hmm. uh, crew neck on with the UFO. I love this one. This yep. one's cool. Yeah, turned out really good. I also wanted to quickly shout out my current charity merch that I'm running for National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. That will be linked below separately. It's available in the Kendall Ray section of our merch shop. And 100% of proceeds is going to Nick Mick. So definitely check that out. Great cause. Great cause. It is. I mean, they can never get enough resources and there's way too many missing people. So yeah, they do amazing work. You know, support. You can support us and we support them. So that's right. But let's go ahead and get into this case. And we're going to start out by telling you about Kylan and Crystal. So Kylan Carol Schulte was born on September 5th, 1996 in Vail, Colorado to her parents, Sean Paul and Valerie. She was 24 years old at the time that all of this happened. She had a younger brother named McKeon or Mackie for short. And the two of them were really, really close. Kylan grew up in the Wolf Point and Billings, Montana area. Her parents divorced when she was a kid. Her mother remarried a man named Kyle, and she had a half-sister named Marlo and a half-brother named Xander. At one point, Kylan had a baby girl, but unfortunately, it looks like she died soon after she was born. We really don't have a lot of information on the baby. It's possible that she had a stillbirth. Um, Either way, very traumatizing. Kylan was an artist and a skilled welder. 
She liked to paint rocks with beautiful colored designs. She was definitely a hippie type of girl, but she had a strong faith in God. And overall, she was a pretty spiritual person. Her family said that she was always a big ray of sunshine that brightened up the room whenever she walked in. And she always tried to be very upbeat and happy. But a tragic accident happened that changed her life forever. On May 17, 2015, at 2.30 a.m., her brother was fatally shot by a friend. And he was only 15 years old when that happened. So tragic, man. I know. It's crazy how many gun accidents there are just from... Mm -hmm. Guns not being properly handled and stored. Yeah, Mackie and another friend were knocking on their 17-year-old friend's window to wake him up that night, and his teenage friend got startled and thought someone was trying to break in. So he pulled out his revolver that his parents let him own illegally and fired one shot through the window without even looking. And that shot hit Mackie in the head and killed him. And their family was obviously absolutely devastated by his passing. And Kylan was especially heartbroken. Her brother was really her best friend. McKeon was buried at Yellowstone Valley Memorial Park next to his baby niece. So obviously Kylan had been through a lot of trauma, their family in general. And Kylan felt like she couldn't stay in Montana without her brother and her best buddy by her side. So after the tragic events of 2015, she and her father ended up moving to Moab for a fresh start. And that's where she met her future wife, a woman named Crystal Turner. So Crystal Michelle Turner was born on December 30th, 1982 in Hot Springs, Arkansas to Obi and Beverly Turner. She was 38 years old at the time that all these events occur. But Crystal's father died when she was just a child and he was only 40 when he passed away in 1988. So growing up, Crystal was a smart girl with a tough exterior. Her mom remembers that she was always a bit of a tomboy and she could put up a fight if she needed to. Eventually, her mom remarried a man named Dennis. One of Crystal's brothers and two of her half-brothers passed away when they were all adults. And Crystal had an older son and two daughters from a previous marriage. They live back in her home state of Arkansas. Some news outlets report her name as Crystal Beck, so that previous marriage is where that last name comes from. But Crystal loved Harley-Davidson motorcycles. She was tough, but she was also a very kind woman. She loved to make people laugh, and there was always a smile on her face. Kylan and her dad moved to Moab around the end of 2015, so by the time of these events, she had actually been living there for about six years. In 2018, Kylan started working at the Moonflower Community Co-op in Moab. It was a local grocery store right in the middle of the downtown area, and she had worked there for the past four years. Crystal moved to Moab from Arkansas in late 2016 and actually started working at the McDonald's in downtown Moab. The two women actually met on a hike sometime during 2017 or 2018, and Kylan and Sean Paul were still newish in the area, and Kylan was having a hard time adjusting to the move. She had been a victim of abuse, and her mental health was in pretty bad shape. But when she met Crystal, all that changed for her. Sparks flew between the two of them immediately, and Kylan's dad said that she just blossomed. She felt courageous and safe with Crystal at her side. Kylan told her father that moving to Moab actually saved her life. She and Crystal officially started dating sometime in 2019. The two were deeply, deeply in love and were a really happy couple. Their love was inspiring to everybody around them. They bonded over being free spirits, and they also related to each other's pain since they'd both been sexually abused as children. Crystal and Kylan's dad ended up getting really close, and he really supported their relationship. He was so happy to see his daughter happy and thriving. Sean Paul considered Crystal to be like a second daughter to him. So obviously, Kylan's family was very supportive of their relationship, and it looks like Crystal's mom, Beverly, was supportive as well. 
And the two of them owned a black van that they ended up converting into a camper. And for the most part, that camper was their home. They were sort of doing the van life thing. Which is really and, popular. Yeah, it days. is. A lot looks, of people are doing it. Looks like a cool lifestyle. I would do it. Would you? Yeah, but I can't do it now. Too <laughs> Definitely many. not. I, I need a very big van to fit my whole family into. <laughs> Ten animals and a baby. <laughs> but if I, if I, you know, had gone a different yeah. path and never met you, I might have gone that, gone that <laughs> so way. So it's my fault. I'm keeping you back from camping. Well, maybe one day when we retire and, maybe. you know, everybody flies the, the nest, we can go do the van life thing at 50. Maybe. Or 60. That could be cool. It does seem like a really... Well, it's cool because you can go so many different places and your home is just with you. Yeah. And you don't have to, you know, you, you nothing stops you. And right. you can camp pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Versus, you know, if you had something larger, like a large RV or something, you're kind of contained to um, RV parks, things like that. Whereas yeah. the van life, you can go wherever a car can go, which is really cool. So you can literally just pull over on the side of the road, camp there and keep going. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely a really freeing lifestyle. And I totally. feel like it was perfect for the two of them. Totally. Um, I was going to say that it would be hard with rabbits, but they actually did have a pet rabbit yeah. named Ruth that went everywhere with them. Rabbits are actually surprisingly like good travelers. Are they? Yeah. I mean, not our giant rabbit. But <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know. If you have a do. small rabbit, you'd probably be fine. Maybe. But anyway, they would usually leave the van in the McDonald's parking lot that Crystal worked at. And they also owned another car, a silver Kia, and a black Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Eventually, Kylan and Crystal got engaged. And on April 20th, 2021, the couple got married in Arkansas near Crystal's hometown. And their wedding ceremony took place in a beautiful glass treehouse. That looks absolutely stunning. Crystal and Kylan's life in Moab was a very happy one. They were pretty self-sufficient, and they were able to live without a lot of the usual comforts like running water and electricity. See, that would be a challenge for us. I don't know if I could do that. Can't have running water and electricity? I don't, I don't know. I would Can't struggle. Can't read a book by candlelight? I don't, I don't know. Sounds kind of nice for like a I'll few nights. I'll read you stories but. by the candlelight. <laughs> but, you know, that gave them the flexibility to really enjoy all of the natural beauty that Moab had to offer. And they loved that. We got to go to Moab. I'm, I know. I'm honestly like pissed that I haven't been yet because it's so beautiful. <laughs> pissed. It's so beautiful down there. I mean, yeah. Utah just in general, like a lot of people mm -hmm. just kind of like eh, Utah. Mm -hmm. But Utah is a very beautiful place. I mean, Colorado is a beautiful place too, but they've got the red you yeah. know, deserts. It looks and stunning. Stone everywhere. It's really cool. Yeah. So and there's super, super tons of off-roading there. Super, super tons. Super tons, yeah. Go down there and <laughs> off-road down there. Well, as you can probably imagine, there were a lot of tourists going in and out of Moab to see the national parks, especially in the summer. And locals kind of had a better sense of who else is local and who was just passing through. So a lot of people in town got to know Kylan and Crystal pretty well over the years. And people who knew them in Moab remembered them as these badass, free-spirited women who loved to camp. And they spent their time at different campsites, but generally stayed in the Moab area. So we are going to get into more details about their disappearance after we take a quick ad break. So like we've been saying, Kylan and Crystal loved camping. They went up to the mountains a ton. But when they did, it wasn't like them to not keep in contact with anyone. Even when you consider cell service is usually pretty bad, especially when you're sort of off-grid camping and doing the van life, you're often in places where there is limited cell service or no, no service at all. Mm -hmm. So they clearly made efforts to keep in touch with people daily 
and Sean Paul said they never went days without making contact. At the time of these events, Kylan and Crystal had pitched their tent at a campsite in the Monte LaSalle National Forest. The site was in the South Mesa area of the LaSalle Mountains, right off of LaSalle Loop Road. It's about a 30-minute winding mountain drive up from the popular Ken's Lake camping area. So the campsite was about 50 minutes away from Arches National Park and 40-ish minutes from downtown Moab. The spot that they had set up at was definitely the very, very pure level of camping, almost primitive. There's no bathrooms, running water, electricity, and there's very, very little cell service. The area is pretty isolated with not that many people around. We don't know how long they were at the campsite, but they had set up a decent amount of stuff there, including the tent they pitched and their silver Kia. And on August 13th, around 6 p.m., Kylan and Crystal stopped in Woody's Tavern in downtown Moab, and they chatted with three of their friends there. They were semi-regulars at Woody's. The bar manager said that they came in once or twice a month, but they weren't big drinkers. Everything about their visit that evening seemed pretty normal, and they looked like they were having a good time. But there was one thing that they talked about that was really worrying. The couple told their friends at the tavern that there was a quote-unquote creeper man camping next to them. His behavior was actually freaking them out so much that they decided that they wanted to move to a different campsite. Then Kylan said something that is really eerie to think about, especially now, but she told one of their friends that if anything happened to them, they were murdered. They were clearly pretty scared of this creepy guy. I mean, that's, you know, people don't just say that, right? Like, you don't just, and and to me, it seems like their intuition was telling them that something's, something's very wrong with this guy. Yeah. And the fact that he was like so close to them and like, and we don't even know the full extent of what things he was doing Mm -hmm. and saying to them that made them feel this way, right? Yeah. Why was he called creeper man? And they're like out there too. It's like they're out. Mm-hmm. pretty far there's a lot of other places to camp but this guy's just like creepily yeah. like close to them scary but the couple left woody's tavern around 9 p.m that night and that was the last time that they were seen alive there are some reports that the couple went to a friend's house in moab after they left woody's but they allegedly had a pretty normal visit with that couple and left their house around midnight but we're not able to fully confirm that this visit happened at all even and before they went missing kylan called her dad and told him about this creeper guy She said that he was camping too close to them and he was kind of bullying the women about it. He apparently kept bothering them about the site being his spot. And since he was being so weird, they were planning on packing all their stuff up and heading out for a different site. The women were pretty tough and resilient, so this guy must have really bothered them. According to a private investigator, Kylan and Crystal rode their Harley down to McDonald's in Moab the next morning and they left the Harley in the parking lot and took their car back up to their campsite. So it looked like they were planning on coming back. But Kylan and Crystal both didn't show up for work on the 15th. Their friends and family obviously started to get very worried because it wasn't like them to just miss work like that or just disappear even. So they were reported missing on the 16th. So some of their friends went on Facebook and posted that they had been missing for four days and nights. And everyone was obviously extremely worried about them. And Kylan's father began begging for someone in Utah to look for them. By that point, the police had already been searching for them. There was no sign of them at the local hospital or jail. And they also checked popular campsites in the LaSalle Loop Road area. But Sean Paul had a feeling that the police had missed something important. And that's where a local woman named Cindy comes in. Sean Paul was an artist. And in 2016, he commissioned some paintings at an art store in Moab. And that store was Cindy Hunter's. And Sean Paul and Kylan 
were some of her first customers. So Kylan always had a special place in Cindy's heart, and she made sure to check on her pretty often at the Moonflower Co-op. She was definitely a very motherly presence in Kylan's life. She was magical. She just was one of the sweetest, most beautiful people I'd ever met. Um, I've known her for six and a half years, and she just was a precious, precious soul. She was um, very special. You can just really hear that heartbreak in her voice. And just by looking at Kylan and learning about her, you can tell she really was a very, very special soul. Yeah, I mean, you could look at both of them and just yeah, feel that coming on. Absolutely. It's just heartbreaking. So when Cindy found out that Kylan and her wife were missing, she volunteered to help. She really loved the Schultes, and she felt like a voice in her head was calling on her to help find them. Cindy started her search the morning of August 18th, and she planned on taking another look at the LaSalle Loop Road area. That morning, Cindy and her three dogs stopped at the McDonald's that Kylan and Crystal would normally park their van at and had a look inside, and Crystal's coworker said that she hadn't been into work since the day that they were last seen. Then, Cindy started driving for a few hours, searching all over the mountains for the two of them. She figured that they had gotten in an accident somewhere and maybe needed help. Cindy was showing everyone who passed by pictures of Kyle and Crystal, and she hoped that someone had seen them nearby, but nobody recognized either of them. And as she drove up the mountains, she pulled over and took a phone call from Kylan's dad, Sean Paul, and he told her that he had just found out that the two of them were complaining about a creeper man before they disappeared. He said, I just found out that there was a creeper dude that they were scared of that uh, they were saying they needed to move their camp. And, um, and all of a sudden, I had such a sense of urgency. At one point, she started talking to Kylan and Crystal out loud. She was begging for the girls to give her some type of sign of where they were. And it was starting to look like the search wasn't going anywhere. But as she kept driving up the LaSalle Loop Road, she got a weird feeling. She was about to turn on the road leading to the Lake Warner area, but a voice in her head told her to keep going straight, and she just couldn't ignore that feeling. She thought that the voice was her mother guiding her to the two women. It was the same voice that called her to start looking for them in the first place. So she kept driving toward the Sand Flats Road, and all of a sudden, she saw a flash of silver out of the corner of her eye. And she knew that the woman drove a silver car. So she stopped and turned into that campsite. And that's where she saw Kylan and Crystal's silver Kia. And she got even more confirmation that this was their campsite when she saw their bunny sitting next to the car in a cage. And she knew that this had to be theirs. Kylan and Crystal were not inside the vehicle. And there was a tent pitched a few feet away from the Kia. But they weren't inside the tent either. Everything inside the tent looked really messy, though, like someone had rummaged through it. At this point, Cindy called the police and told them what she'd found, and they kept her on the line until they could pinpoint her location, because she's pretty far out there, far away from town. I'm sure the service wasn't that great either. Her next call was to Sean Paul, and she told him that she had found the girls' campsite, but he was like, well, is there any sign of the girls? And she said that there wasn't, but she wanted to check around to make sure. And that's when Cindy checked a dirt pile next to the car, and there was a small creek just behind it. And sadly, that's where she found Kylan's body floating in the water. As you can probably imagine in this situation, being on the phone with Sean Paul and Cindy finding Kylan's body, this was a major shock, and she could barely muster the words to tell him. 
that she had just found a body in the creek. And then I saw her body and uh, I turned away and I think something inside me just uh, didn't want to acknowledge what I had seen. And I, so I was looking at the beauty of the creek and everything and I'm talking to the father the whole time. And I turned around again to make myself look to see and it was her. When Sean Paul heard the news, he obviously was very upset. Uh, he was crying on the phone with Cindy and he screamed that Cindy needed to get out of the campsite in the area because he was worried that whoever killed Kylan could still be lurking around. So Cindy actually ran back to her car, locked it, and called the police again. And she was terrified while she waited for them to arrive. Only one car passed her by while she waited on the side of the road. But the driver actually stopped in front of Cindy's car and just stared at her. And after a few seconds, he sped off. And in this moment, you can only imagine how scary... And freaky that would have been yeah. to be this upset. There could be a killer around mm-hmm. and this car just randomly stops in front of you and stares at you. Isn't and I think that's all the details that we have on that the interaction. I mean, she's already upset, so she yeah. probably wasn't able to like really yeah. um, you know, take in all the details of the Fully vehicle processed. or the person. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. um it's really eerie. But it took almost an hour for the police to reach the campsite. To Cindy, all that time felt like an eternity. And when they finally got there, Unfortunately, they also found Crystal's body as well. Crystal's body was actually found a little bit farther down the creek from where Kylan's body was. Um, It's possible that maybe she had been running when she had been shot, but the two of them had been shot to death and both bodies were undressed from the waist down, which made the police think that they may have been sexually assaulted by the killer. The police also found one cell phone at the campsite, but they knew that both women had a cell phone of their own, which meant that one of their phones had gone missing. The investigators announced that Kylan and Crystal's deaths were not a murder-suicide, and that they were looking for their killer or killers. But they also told the public that there was no danger to the community. This obviously made a lot of people really confused because why would you say it's safe when two people were just brutally murdered? Stupid. And the police hadn't arrested a suspect yet, so that meant there was somebody, there's a killer on the loose. Yeah. How are we safe if you have a double homicide? You don't have a suspect in custody. Um you're not claiming that it's a murder-suicide, so how are we possibly safe? And it honestly feels like they're just trying to protect the tourism industry in Moab. She's absolutely right. That's totally what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, they want everybody leaving the yeah, area because right. there's a killer on the loose. Ridiculous. So their murders were investigated as a possible hate crime, and the FBI also joined the investigation. But weeks turned into months, and the investigators hadn't named a suspect. People started to worry that the case was going cold, but there were some key updates from the police as the investigation went on. And we'll tell you more about those updates when we get back from this break. So in December of 2021, the police announced that they were looking for specific bullets in connection to the case. More specifically, they were trying to find nine millimeter silver Hornady bullet casings. So my guess with the looking for the bullet casings is that when they uh, did the autopsies and, and pulled the bullets out of the bodies. They were able to figure out what kind of bullets they were right. and what, you know, what the actual kind was. And oftentimes there's casings left behind. But in this case, it seems like whoever fired these shots picked up their casings because, you know, when you fire, fire a gun, the bullet goes out the gun, but then the casing mm-hmm. um, pops out of the gun and right. falls on the ground. So, you know, maybe they thought if somebody could find those casings, they could actually get fingerprints or DNA or something from it, mm-hmm. um, which is why they're looking for those specific 
bullet casings. They also wanted to know if anyone in the area remembered hearing any screams or gunshots around noon on the 14th because there was a wedding going on at a cabin nearby during the murders. So it seems pretty likely that someone would have heard something suspicious that day. People also started to speculate about who could have committed these murders. One possible suspect who was discussed online was a convicted sexual predator named John Freeman Colts. He had actually escaped from a prison psychiatric facility in Kansas on June 30th, 2021. Police believe that John was camping out in national parks in states like Utah and Colorado. He was arrested again in southern Utah during September of 2021. So some people thought that maybe he could have been Kylan and Crystal's killer, but the police weren't considering him a person of interest in the case. It's really scary to think about that fugitives are hiding out in national parks. Like I know. There actually was another person on police's radar, another person of interest, a 27-year-old local Moab man whose name has not been released, but he was actually pulled over by a police officer for a traffic stop on August 17th, one day after Crystal and Kylan were reported missing. And the cop who pulled this guy over was a veteran police officer, so he was pretty experienced, but he reported that their interaction gave him a super weird feeling. In fact, the officer said that the man was so unsettling that he didn't write him a speeding ticket because he didn't want to take his eyes off of him for even a second. Kylan and Crystal's bodies were found the next day, but the police considered this guy a person of interest in this case. They were actually able to get a search warrant for the man's car and interviewed him at his work. And it turns out that this guy actually worked at the Moonflower Co-op, but it doesn't look like he ever worked with Kylan. He had only just started working there on August 16th, so Kylan was already missing by that time. But this guy actually used to hang out at the Moonflower quite a bit. He even gave one of the cashiers there, who wasn't Kylan, a red rose. He also admitted that he had actually seen Kylan at the co-op fairly often. His answers were really vague when the police asked him about his interactions with her. The man said he didn't know Kylan was married, and he said that he had nothing against gay people. The officer who interviewed him said that he seemed like he had untreated mental health issues, but he also had a clean criminal record. Other people that the police interviewed said that this man was known around town and he usually slept in his car. Someone reported that once she asked this man to leave her shop because he makes unwanted advances towards women and makes them feel uneasy. But this man denied having anything to do with Kylan and Crystal's murders. However, he couldn't give police a solid alibi for where he was on the nights of August 13th, 14th, or 15th. All he could say was that he was sleeping in a spot he normally slept at those nights. The spot was on a dirt road, 100 to 300 yards up the loop road from Moab Overlook. He mentioned that he had left a blanket up there, and Kyle and Crystal would have definitely passed the spot on their way back to their campsite. But it gets even creepier. The police went to search that guy's spot and found two blankets and a jacket, and when they examined the jacket, it looked like there was blood on it. But it turns out the police ended up clearing this person of interest from having any involvement in the murders. They were able to determine that the blood didn't have any relevance to the case, so it wasn't Kylan's or Crystal's. In January of 2022, the police announced that they had narrowed down Kylan and Crystal's date of death to August 14th, which was one day after they went missing. Their time of death was later narrowed down to around 11.35 a.m. The police also released some details from the state medical examiner's report, and the medical examiner reported that the two women died of multiple gunshot wounds, and they actually hadn't been sexually assaulted. So when we covered the Gabby Petito case, we brought up the possibility that there was a connection between this case and Brian Laundrie. Now, this mainly came from internet rumors. It was constantly being sent to us that 
maybe there's a connection here. And people really thought that because the murders actually happened at the same time that Gabby and Brian Laundrie were visiting Moab. Brian had assaulted Gabby outside of the Moonflower Co-op on August 12th, 2021, one day before Kylan and Crystal were last seen. And someone called the police and reported a couple fighting that day. We don't know who that person was. So some people have speculated that Kylan was working that day and saw Brian or Gabby and think that she may have even witnessed the assault or been the one to call the police. They think that this might have made Brian mad enough that he stalked and killed Kylan and Crystal the next day. After Brian and Gabby had talked to the police, they put Brian up in the Bowen Motel, which is a seven-minute walk from Woody's Tavern, and their whereabouts were not known until Brian flew to Florida from Salt Lake City. So at some point between the 13th and 17th, they drove there, and this had led some people to wonder whether or not Brian and Gabby interacted with Kylan Crystal at some point, possibly at Woody's Tavern. And people went really hard on the whole... Brian Laundrie did it theory. It was easy to see why people were attracted to this theory, given the media kind of circus that was going around the Gabby Petito case. But the manager at the Moonflower Co-op confirmed that Kylan wasn't working at the time when Brian slapped Gabby. Plus, the police determined that there was no connection between Kylan and Crystal's murder and the Gabby Petito case. It's definitely a weird coincidence, but it seems like that's all it was, a coincidence. The police were still looking into other persons of interest, and oddly enough, at one point, that list included Cindy Hunter. And Cindy obviously was traumatized by finding her friend's body, but she said that the Moab police actually started looking at her as a suspect. They took her phone and allegedly made her life a living hell for months, and it made her PTSD symptoms much worse. Cindy thought that the police might have been trying to pin the blame on her, Obviously, she was terrified of being framed for such a horrific crime, and it had been months since the murders, and they hadn't found a suspect of their own, so she worried that the Moab police thought she was making them look bad. After all, she was just one person. The police had a whole department's worth of resources, and they didn't find Crystal or Kylan, but Cindy did. So many people in Moab were calling her a hero at the same time that they were criticizing the police department. And many of those same people were still working hard to solve the case. A group looking to get justice for Crystal and Kylan started a GoFundMe for a billboard in Moab, and they were able to raise enough money to get a big canvas with the tip line info up on Highway 191. In early May of this year, Dog the Bounty Hunter announced that he was going to be coming down to Moab to help solve the case. Dog always likes to just get involved, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, Dog's a very controversial character, obviously. People have thoughts, and I understand, but at the same time, he was helping when the police weren't doing much and still spending his time and resources yeah yeah and um i know kylan's father was very grateful that he was involved yeah well i mean when the police aren't doing anything you're Mm -hmm. kind of out of you know out of options unless others step up and so at least uh, i mean and you know whether or not you think dog the bounty hunter is a legit you know sort of law enforcement type of figure investigator is one thing but i mean he does have some experience in looking for people and Mm -hmm. fugitives so and he's had a lot of successful... Still helpful. Yeah. I mean, he's done a lot, so... Dog the Bounty Hunter said that this case was one of the most horrific that he'd actually seen in his entire career. And Sean Paul was really grateful to have another set of eyes on the case. Dog was confident that he and his team would get to the bottom of who killed Kylan and Crystal. But just as he showed up to Moab during that second week of May, the police made a huge announcement. On May 11th, they officially named a suspect in Kylan 
and Crystal's murders. And that suspect was a 45-year-old man named Adam Pinkasowitz, and he also went by the name Adam Pinkus. Adam was described as a drifter, and there's not a lot that we can find about this guy's personal life, but he's moved around a lot, and interestingly enough, he had some states in common with the victims, including Arkansas, Utah, and Montana. According to Sean Paul's PI, his last known location was Iowa. And just like Kylan and Crystal, he lived sort of a van lifestyle in Moab, and he was actually one of Crystal's co-workers at the McDonald's in Moab. But the police are still investigating whether or not Crystal actually worked any shifts with Adam. They said that based on their investigation so far, it doesn't look like they actually ever worked together. They're also still investigating a possible motive for the murders. But based on the information we have so far, it's looking like this was a homophobic hate crime. Before the murder, someone who worked at McDonald's had been bothering two other employees for being lesbians. Those other employees warned that the man was bad news and identified him as Adam Pincus. My concern was about a guy by the name of Adam mm-hmm. Pincus. That's not his, I'm not saying his last name right, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. So he came, she came in one night, like she always did, and she wanted a bag of ice and she wanted to make her own food, which mm-hmm. we just let her do. She wanted a couple quarter pounders, and I'm like, hey, no problem, you go for it. Well, he took notice of her, and he comes up to me, and he um, says, well, is she supposed, I said, she's one of us, she works here. Yeah. If she comes back there, she's part of our team. Yeah, you guys help each other Exactly. Out. Well, you well know, that's, but, that's the one thing we did find out, is you guys are her family here. I just want to let you know that. Yes, we loved Crystal. But then, a few nights after that, she got into a fight. Um, that man got into a fight with uh, Nancy and Lori because they are lesbians. Okay, so I've spoke to my heart's content to tell everybody that this dude is bad news. But would she have referred? Uh, if she she saw him probably out, might not have known him if she saw him. But she would have probably referred to him as a creepy dude because that's Possibly. who I. That's who I think. It, 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 I can't close my mind off to other things, but right. It's like you know, I just want to find out who this guy was. Yeah, but your best bet is to have the FBI investigate this. Let yeah, me tell not, you. Let me investigate tell you. the Adam guy. Yeah, Adam Pinkett. Where does he live? He a, is homeless. He's homeless. Okay. Is he still around? Have you seen him? Anymore? I don't know his checks from all this months because he quit like right after this happened mm. with um, with Nancy and Lori mm. and we haven't seen him since but his check is still here oh so he used to work here yes Adam Pincus yes I'll look him up yeah he's he's you know and yeah he would have been it know. doesn't sound like he's I mean it sounds like a homeless person would want to come get his check so it sounds like he might have he might have already did he like? Didn't they park here or something in the van or something? Yeah, did Did Adam go out and go out ever go out to their van? I don't hang know. out with them. That 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 I don't know. I'm not sure if that woman was the manager of the McDonald's or not, or just somebody who worked there. But the manager at this particular McDonald's that Crystal worked at was also a lesbian, and Adam accused her of giving Crystal special treatment based on the fact that they were both in same sex relationships. So clearly, Adam had a problem with same-sex relationships and perhaps that was his motive to kill crystal and kylan but during the investigation sean paul set up a clue booth in downtown moab to get more tips and some of these tips actually contain the name adam pincus according to the police adam was in the LaSalle mountains and moab at the time of the murders and like you just heard he quit his job and left the state right after the two women were murdered 
And again, this guy was homeless, supposedly, and he never came back to pick up his last paycheck from McDonald's. He had apparently confessed to someone that he killed two women in Utah, plus he gave that person details only the killer would have known. He had been a person of interest in the case for a while, but the police apparently weren't able to track him down. And that's probably because Adam was actually dead the whole time they were trying to find him. But it looks like nobody knew that until May. Adam committed suicide on September 21st or 24th of 2021, about a month after the murders. The police hadn't released the location where he killed himself. And apparently they didn't find Adam's car and his remains until the first week of May 2022. So that's a pretty long time for his car and body to just be sitting there. And it's looking like he committed suicide in his vehicle just based on the police's press releases. I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily understand this whole not able to find this guy. Like mm. um, when he had a vehicle or maybe it was somebody else's vehicle. But the fact that they didn't find him until after he was dead is, is kind of weird. Yeah, it's all pretty confusing. Mm. And it seems like the clue booth probably got the tips that they needed for this name. And it was mm-hmm. just too late at that point to to track him down perhaps but adam's car was a 2007 toyota yaris which is currently being processed for evidence the police are looking out for tips from anyone who might have seen his car in the LaSalle mountains around the time of the murders this is a big one this is pretty big like i say any information please come forward we want to know anybody that had contact with him or might have seen that vehicle on the mountain or even in town we'd like to talk to them and we want to tell the public thank you for their continued support of supporting us in our office So Dog the Bounty Hunter has said that he isn't convinced that Adam is the right suspect, and he actually thinks that the police may have the wrong guy. Here's some of his theories. They knew who Adam was because they work with Adam. We did other interviews today. People that knew Adam, they said he's not like that. The guy that's our number one suspect, when we interview people, they say, oh, yes, he could have done it. Uh, This guy that we think is a suspect was interviewed in the beginning but the cops let him go that doesn't mean because they let him go once that they can't go back and check hmm. the reason brian laundry is connected brian laundry was down here with gabby in the exact restaurant where the girls worked they met the girls they, they're seen in a camera you know going in the same place brian laundry used a nine millimeter to commit suicide and the girls were also shot with the nine millimeter so that is why i think the connection to brian laundry was given it was not brian laundry that did it mm-hmm. it's not his gun brian laundry absolutely killed himself and is dead and we think that the new suspect the sheriff come up with <clears throat> is good as a suspect but I don't think he's the shooter. I think we've got the shooter. Mm. We're turning all our information tomorrow over to the FBI and the sheriff, and we'll see what happens from there. After watching that, though, it definitely made me think they were referring to this guy as a creeper guy. Mm. And it seems like either one of them likely would have seen Adam Pincus. I mean, he worked at the McDonald's, yeah. so there's had to have been a point where their paths had crossed before. And the fact that they didn't mm-hmm. say Adam Pincus is camping next to us. Right. That does really make me think if this other unknown suspect that the police eventually just sort of stopped looking at maybe the actual shooter like Dog was saying. Because 
that's what that's what I'm hung up on too. Is like they they didn't identify this guy. Maybe they didn't know it was him. It, perhaps he never fully revealed his identity to them, so therefore they didn't know it was Adam and it it was him. But at the same time, I'm like, I feel like at least Crystal would have been able to identify Adam Pincus if that was the guy that was up camping yeah, by them. You would think so. So that makes me think maybe there, maybe the guy is still out there. Yeah, it's really difficult because obviously you don't want to speculate too much, especially when it seems like her father has, ex- you know, accepted the outcome at this point. But yeah, it makes you wonder. I mean, I'm curious what well, the you guy, guys out there think. Adam's a suspect. Mm-hmm. So they're waiting. So it seems like because he's named a suspect doesn't mean they for sure know that he did this. But it yeah. seemed, according to it's the police, for that. Ev- based on what they know, which we don't know what they know, but what they know and mm-hmm. what tips they've gotten is all past lead to Adam Pincus. And again, like I said, too, it's possible that Crystal and Kylan never saw this individual's face. I mean, he could have been wearing like up in the mountains. You could be wearing like a ski mask. I mean, there's a lot of ways yeah. to conceal your, no, your identity. True. So it's possible that it was Adam that was the one camping, but they did talk to this guy. So that's where I'm getting hung up is I'm like, they did talk to this guy at one point because mm-hmm. he was, they were going back and forth. About this and spot, I just yeah. feel like, I mean, I feel like Crystal may or I don't know. It's difficult because we don't know the extent of her working relationships at McDonald's and if Adam and her ever worked shifts together. And but I mean, I feel like at some point their their paths had to have crossed. She had to have probably heard his voice at some point. Maybe not. Maybe I could yeah. be completely wrong. That's the thing. I don't know. Just I'm just speculating. Know. But yeah, it's but, possible. I mean, there's it's room for him. that speculation for sure. I mean, because like sometimes, unfortunately, the police have to you know they kind of go mm-hmm. with the the theory that's sort of put in front of them right like mm-hmm. when well, they have pressure on this one for sure too right it is it is yeah. very weird that adam skipped skipped town after this happened never got his last check and then committed suicide that's all very yeah very weird but I he mean, didn't yeah, commit suicide till later on though so that's mm, kind of not much later on. Did though. he go on? Was he going to go on the run and just decided not to? I mean, you can't 100% say either way. Mm-hmm. And the police have said that they didn't think that Crystal and Adam had ever worked together. So it's possible that she never knew who he was and wouldn't have recognized him when they were describing this creeper guy. Yeah. But they don't know that for but sure. But then they don't know that for sure. So it's also possible that, or it's possible that him and somebody else are involved. There's multiple people involved mm-hmm. in this too. There's it always that be. possibility. It could be. And like Dog the Bounty Hunter said in the interview that you just heard, he interviewed nine or ten people, and all of those people identified the suspect that they're not, you know, Dog the Bounty Hunter said he's given to the FBI or whatever. And the name that came up wasn't Adam's name. Yeah. So that's also very interesting is that there's a, there's some other guy that could fit this this profile for the killer. That's true. But like Kendall said, as far as the family goes, Sean Paul is pretty happy and he believes that the police have found the guy. And after the sheriff announced the suspect at a press conference, Sean Paul hugged him and he told reporters that he was very happy a suspect had finally been named in his daughter and daughter-in-law's murders. He's also hoping that the case can be closed after the police process all the evidence that they've gathered. 
I'm elated. I just, I can't believe it's over. I just, I'm floored. I mean, did this clue really come in on my clue booth? As he mentions there, this is not the first time Schulte has heard of Adam Pinkasowitz. After he set up a clue booth in Moab last September, he says several people told him that he could be the killer. He believes deputies shared the information now, in part because Dwayne Dog Chapman came to town to see what he could find out. I'm glad Dog came. I'm glad I invited him. I think that put a little bit of heat on the the sheriffs to make that press release. Grand County deputies say they have information that Pinkosowitz was in the LaSalle's at the same time as the murders, that he left Utah shortly after, told someone that he killed the newlywed married couple before killing himself. Questions remain about why, but Schulte has his suspicions. I think it was just a hate crime, you know. I mean, he hated the two lesbians that own the restaurant. He hated the fact that these lesbians appeared to him to be getting preferential favors. On top of that, he believes Pinkosowitz had deep mental health issues. But though he took his own life, Schulte still believes. He's already been sentenced. The ultimate sentence. The ultimate sentence. Yeah, it's really difficult, especially when you see how much relief her father has gotten from having these answers and yeah. having an idea of who did it and to him getting the ultimate sentence, which I'm happy for him that to him, it's somewhat, there's some justice here in his eyes. So it's, it's hard and it makes me feel bad for even questioning it. But at the same time, I do see what you're saying. There's, there's things to question and obviously you want to have the right person. Well, we're still waiting on physical evidence to connect him. Right. right. Like that's the thing is circumstantial evidence yeah, it yeah. could it could be him. It could be Adam right. based on the circumstances and, and the events after after the murders. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. I, I see why he is a suspect. And obviously there's probably more. There might be physical yeah, evidence that they've be. gathered from search mm -hmm. warrants, things like that that just mm -hmm. haven't been released. Again, this is an active investigation right. still. They have not closed this. They haven't for one hundred percent, you know, said that Adam is the guy. Yeah. So I think they may also still be looking at this other information about this other individual that mm -hmm. uh, Dwayne got while he was down there. And perhaps they're looking into that a little bit more because it's also possible that there's two individuals involved. We don't know. There could have been yeah. two people there. Yeah, um, that's true. We don't know who pulled the trigger and we still don't know the motive either. And I, I see logically it seems like a hate crime that could for sure be a possibility. Yeah. But at the same time, and it does seem likely. My thing yeah, is like, why were they undressed halfway down? There's something That's else there. Question. Maybe it was just to humiliate the victims, possible. Uh, which sometimes yeah. that happens. Um, but I don't know. I'm just like, I think there's something else that we just don't know yet that may or may not lead to Adam. Yeah. And it's a it'll be really interesting to see if they pull anything from this, from Adam's car. Um, because again, if they mentioned that Adam had mental health issues, well, maybe that was the reason for the suicide as opposed to he, you know, he was upset about the murders or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for why. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if you were about to go on the run after committing murders, why don't you pick up that check? No, it's true. I like know. you it's don't weird. have money and you're going to go on the run because you committed murders, it seems right. logical that you would get your money before you skip town. But it also, 
makes you think he was that desperate to get out of Dodge. And would he go back to the place where she worked? Well, yeah, I mean, we don't even know if he knew that she worked there. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much we don't know. Mm -hmm. I just hope that they are able to get some final answers so that this family, both of them, can really put it to rest and know what happened without a doubt. Because having that idea that it could have been this person is just, ugh, I couldn't live with that unease. Yeah, it's interesting, too, that Sean Paul said that when Dog the Bounty Hunter came to town, all of a sudden the police are doing a press release and naming Mm -hmm. a suspect. And it's like, I think with the Moab Police Department, what we've seen from the world has seen from both this case and the Gabby Petito case is that they are in a major PR crisis, right? Yeah. They are trying to fix their image after that whole traffic stop went viral. So I feel that this was perhaps a rushed sort Mm -hmm. of suspect being named because they are, they have now dogged the bounty hunter Mm -hmm. who just made a bunch of other police departments look silly and they don't want to look even worse having Dog the Bounty yeah. Hunter come down here and solve the case for them. Mm-hmm. And so they're sort of trying to get the leg up on him by naming a suspect and kind of going this direction. But then, you know, Dwayne's over here talking about this other suspect that nine or ten people are talking about. Because to me, I just can't get over the fact that Crystal and Kylan spoke to this individual and yeah, they did not connect that back to anybody at McDonald's. And I just have, a, I'm like, McDonald's is... A pretty small business and yeah there's a decent amount of employees but like how it's not like there's 50 employees that work mm-hmm. at mcdonald's so it's like there had there's probably at some point that those two at least cross paths so maybe and she may have even just heard about him through other people right, there right but did she know what he looked like or sounded like and could he have been concealing well, his identity I mean, I mean there's just so many questions well you just heard the mcdonald's uh yeah. employee talking about how she was going around telling all of her employees, this guy, yeah, Adam yeah. Pinkus, is bad news. No, it's and true. to stay away from it's him. True. So it's like, I don't know. It's just I they the way that they call him creeper guy and yeah. not even, it might be Adam Pinkus. It might not like, I don't know. That's just, that haunts me, honestly, because I'm like, there's something else there. Yeah. If they had known that it was him, they would have said something. They would have right, clarified right. because they were, you know, worried enough that they made it clear that if they were murdered that it was this creeper guy. Wouldn't they say who it was if they knew who it was? Yeah. 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 No, I know. It's, it's, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's very strange. I just hope that the Moab police department actually finishes this investigation yeah. thoroughly Yeah. and too. doesn't just, and if they're not able to, you know, that they don't just end up closing it because this guy committed suicide yeah. and yeah. the real killer's still out there. Yeah. I mean, that's scary to think about. But I found an article that kind of elaborates on what Dog the Bounty Hunter was saying about this other suspect. Apparently, Crystal Turner's cousin has claimed that Adam Pincus actually had a skirmish with Crystal at work. Really? Yes. According to ABC4 News. And this is a News Nation Now article. Mm-hmm. So Crystal's cousin has said that she had a skirmish, that he was homophobic. But there's plenty of homophobic people in the world and Dwayne or dog the bounty hunter said that his suspect is also homophobic yeah um 
perhaps, you know, I don't know if there's connection there, but yeah, I mean, that's really difficult though. Cause that could point you in either direction that can make you think that he would have even more of a motive to kill them. And that maybe he was concealing his identity or it tells you that she would have known who he was and would have recognized him. Right. So that's really difficult. So again, leaves you with no direction. So this article's posted May 14th, 2022. And this is where I just read that from. And then also on Friday. So this is few weeks ago or a month ago, mm-hmm. Grand County Sheriff Stephen White maintained that Adam Pincus is their subject and that they need to wrap up the case before calling him the killer. So it just seems like they just th- kind of threw him out there because that's the most info that they have in that individual. And yeah, maybe. I feel horrible saying this because I understand Sean Paul's like, he wants something. And I, yeah. and I think he still, I think he wants the truth to come out ultimately. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. But, but it seems like he believes it's Adam. Yeah. But it seems like, I mean, based on, if this statement is true, that Crystal's cousin said that Crystal had a skirmish with Adam, yeah. then that would prove that they would have they would have said, Adam's out here, he's this creeper Unless, guy. Unless, like you said, he was concealing right. his identity. Right. And like stalking them from, you know, and multi- he might have been fa- like far enough that they wouldn't be able to see him and... How well they were right she next to, to him. His... Remember, they're complaining. They're camping guess. right next to each other. Yeah, no, I know. So they, I, I, in my opinion, they didn't know who this guy was. They'd never seen him before. Crystal had never seen or talked to this guy before. And again, in that interview we watched of Dog the Bounty Hunter, he said that he's interviewed people, m- multiple people that knew Adam Pincus, and they, they all would not describe him as being a creeper kind of guy. Like when you say creeper guy, there's something. That is a description, a very specific description of somebody and everybody that knew Adam that he interviewed or worked with him wouldn't describe him of that. Was he mentally ill possibly or homophobic? Yes, but he didn't fit that creeper guy description in their eyes at least. So Mm -hmm. whoever this, whoever this person is, is not, you know, not similar to Adam in that way. Maybe, but he could have been acting any type of way. And like you said, he could have been concealing his identity. So it's it's just, you really can't say either way. Yeah, you. I mean, you can't. I just, I don't know. I hope they, I really hope they Me too. continue investigating this and get to the bottom of it and yeah. find concrete proof that it was Adam if it was. Right. Because to me, I feel like the person, they still might be investigating a different individual. No, and Adam's just the current suspect, true. but behind the scenes they're investigating somebody else. So the Schulte family has raised money to have Kylan buried at the Yellowstone Valley Memorial Park next to her brother and her baby. Crystal was cremated and her remains are back with her family in Arkansas. And the family has plans to give the Schultes a locket filled with Crystal's ashes. And eventually that locket will be interred with Kylan's remains. Sunflowers were Kylan's favorite flowers and roses were Crystal's. And a lot of memorials to Kylan Crystal are marked with sunflowers and roses. And it looks like there hasn't been many new updates in this case since police named a suspect. But there probably will be more updates in the future as police process all the evidence that they've gathered and more potential tips come in. Yeah, it looks like all the updates. I just did a Google News search. And it looks like all the updates are from May. Yeah. There's nothing in June so Mm-mm. far. So the next updates to be on the lookout for are possible evidence from Adam's car, details of his confession, and details of his suicide. And we're also waiting on murder weapon updates and possible footage or other tips coming in from the area. 
The police have confirmed that they've obtained an audio recording of gunshots in the Whispering Oaks area from August 14th, but they're still looking for similar pieces of evidence. This case is still officially open and under investigation, so any tips and evidence that people can give investigators are obviously still greatly appreciated. If you were in Moab from the 12th to the 18th of August 2021, visiting the LaSalle Mountains in the Loop Road area near Whispering Oaks Ranch, and you have any photos or you saw or heard anything suspicious, contact the investigators. You can do so by contacting the Grand County Sheriff's Department at 435-259-8115 or PI Jason Jensen at 801-759-2248 or 1-800-CALL-FBI. Right now, they're not looking for any speculation or theories on the case, so they only want people to submit potential evidence and tips to the tip line. The billboard on Highway 191 that advertises the tip line is still up, and the group that's funding it says that they're going to try to keep it up until the case is officially closed. There's also a GoFundMe that's open to keep the billboard up through tourist season, and we will have that linked below for you guys. What's interesting is that Moab has a higher crime rate than the vast majority of all comparable cities in Utah. Mm. Its violent crime rate is higher. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, not that that has any mm -hmm. direct connection to this, but I just thought that was interesting. Like, yeah. So, you know what that tells me is that either there's a lot of just like, why is that the case? And obviously there's a lot of tourists there. So, mm -hmm. wherever there's tourism, there's going to be higher crime versus other areas at Utah, but it also can make you wonder about the police department and the work that they do there it's good and preventing point. crime. Yeah. So, you know, it's possible connect something to think connection about to that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, as always, we want to hear your thoughts on this one, especially with us having so much confusion around it. I'm sure you guys have differing opinions and theories. So we would love to hear from you guys. And of course, Please, if you have any information that could help in this case, get that to the right people because it can make a huge difference in the end. Yeah, I'll definitely be following this case because I really want to see mm -hmm. what happens with it. Me too. And if they are able to find concrete evidence that Adam was the one that committed these murders or if it kind of goes a different direction, I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see where this one goes. And I yeah. hope that it's going in the right direction and they're Me actually too. able to solve this case uh, with evidence yeah. and you know allow sean paul and crystal's family to really start healing and move forward mm -hmm. and cindy too and cindy yeah very Terrible traumatic how she was treated absolutely i mean this is a horrific crime and it deserves to be solved mm -hmm. the police need to do their job but we will go ahead and wrap up today's episode there again like kendall said let us know your thoughts in the comments if you're watching on youtube uh spotify apple podcast you can always share your comments with us on the case via twitter instagram mm -hmm all the places but that is it for us today we will see you guys next week with another episode and until then keep taking your mind a mile, mile higher, higher.